Welcome to day 7, Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen gives his testimony before the council from verse 1 of Acts chapter 7 to verse 50. He gives account of some of the things that had happened to the Israelites. Um, in verse 51, he says something there. He says, you stubborn people, uh, you are heaving at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That is what your ancestors did. And so do you. Verse 52, name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. So Stephen is telling them that based on the historical lives of the Israelites, based on history, that there's been a pattern in from generation to generation. There's been a pattern of disobedience to God. There's been a pattern of persecuting God's prophets. There's been a pattern of even killing God's prophets. In the message translation of Acts chapter 7, the message translation, Acts chapter 7 from verse 51 to 53, and you continue so boo-headed calluses on your heart flags on your ears deliberately ignoring the holy spirit you are just like your ancestors was there ever a prophet who didn't get the same treatment your ancestors killed anyone who dared talk about the coming of the just one and you've kept up the family tradition traitors and murderers all of you you had God's law handed to you by angels gift wrapped and you squandered it and so the scriptures say that when Stephen shared this with them they were in verse 54 of Acts chapter 7 said the Jewish leaders in the New Living Translations we are infuriated by Stephen's accusations and they shook their feast at him in rage. The New King James Version, uh, chapter 7, verse 54, when they heard these things, they were caught to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. When Stephen took time to show them a historical pattern of disobedience when he confronted them with their behavior not just starting from their own generation but prior to their own generation they were caught to the heart when he confronted them with the truth of their behavior of their attitudes of their approach to the things of God of the way they received the prophets of God of how they've handled the word of God and God's law 
they were angry, they were rage, and they were infuriated. And today I want to ask you and I two questions. The first question is how do we respond when God confronts us with the truth of his word? When God confronts our attitudes, when God confronts our behaviors, when God confronts the way we do things, when we are confronted by the word of God, how do we respond? Do we respond with repentance and asking God to forgive us? Or do we respond with anger? You know, uh, for some of us, we may not know that there are certain patterns in our lives. That over time, those patterns have robbed us. Those patterns, either attitudes or habits, have robbed us of our ability to become all that God has called us to be. Those patterns of behaviors, those patterns, that those ways of doing things, have robbed us of the effectiveness of God's word in our lives. Uh, somebody might be listening to me and your own pattern might be a pattern of anger. It might even be a family tradition. Your dad used to be angry. With any little thing, he would be angry and he would throw things to the wall and then uh, now you're a parent and you're repeating the same pattern. Or it could be a pattern of greed or resentment. It could be something, a pattern that has been in the family generation after generation after generation or it could be a pattern that arose as a result of an experience you had growing up i remember that for me for a long time i did not realize that whenever i got a new job or got into a new role opportunity that once there was a conflict and the next thing that will happen is i'll start looking for a way out I'll look for ways to run from conflict. I didn't realize that because I grew up in a home where there was always a lot of conflict when I was young, uh, I grew up looking for ways to run from conflict. And so whenever I get into a job, once things start getting a little bit uneasy, I start looking for the way out of that role. I start looking for a way to get myself out. Now, I'm not saying that there are not some conflict, there are not some environment that are unhealthy, that once you look for a way to leave those environments. I'm referring to a pattern of behavior I noticed in my life that was robbing me of the opportunity to grow in certain environment, even in the midst of a conflict. And for some people here, theirs might be when it comes to lust or immorality. At certain times, during certain seasons of their life, or certain times of the weekend or the weekday, something happens and they catch themselves doing the same thing over and over again at certain times in their life. And so when God confronts us with certain patterns that are destructive, or certain patterns that hinder or slow us down in our work with God, how do we respond? How do we respond to God's confrontation? So we see the Israelites, this council, this group of Israelites, their response was not the right response. They responded with anger. They were infuriated. They were mad. 
sure they were so mad that they decided to hurt the one that God used to expose to them a pattern that had been going from generation to generation that was robbing them of the fullness of God's power in their lives and in their family. Today I pray that for you and I that every habitual thing in our lives, every pattern of behavior that has been stopping or slowing us down, that number one, God will reveal it to us in Jesus' name. Number two, that when God reveals to us that we will respond in the right way, we will respond and ask God for forgiveness for sometimes uh, catalyzing or encouraging those patterns. We will respond and ask God to show us how to overcome, to help us overcome. And in some cases, our response might be looking for help, professional help, counseling, uh, help so that we are held accountable and we receive help to overcome those patterns. Sometimes God reveals those patterns to us in the place of prayer. Sometimes God uses other people to reveal those patterns to us. <laughs> I, 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 I believe that if, if you're married, the best person to ask is your spouse. You ask your spouse, are there certain things they see in your life that they feel that those patterns or those things repeat every now and then and they feel those things are slowing you down from becoming all that God has called you to be. Ask your life group leader or your cell leader. Ask your pastor. Ask friends around you who really love you, who look you in the face and tell you the truth in love. That truth my heart, the scripture says, it caught to their heart. It my heart. But brethren, I tell you something, it better it hurts now and you're delivered than you stay with that pattern, that destructive pattern. And at the end of your life, you look back and you experience the hurt, the pain of regret. I pray that will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so we see in Acts chapter 7, in the latter part, Stephen is stoned and killed. Stephen becomes the first disciple of Christ to die for the gospel. But his, his death experience is very powerful. Number one, in verse 55, he says, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. His eyes were steady on heaven. His eyes were steady on the Lord. He wasn't faced by the thing that had been said. His eyes were fixed on the Lord. And heavens opened. He saw heaven. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. You know, some people have said that, and I think this is true. You know, if you read scriptures, you always read about Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus sitting, Jesus sitting, Jesus sitting. Always read about Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Romans 8.34, Ephesians 1.20, Hebrews 1.3, Colossians 3.1. But it seems to me that Jesus gave Stephen a standing ovation. 
as Stephen was about to join him. You know, Paul writes somewhere, he says to be absent in this body to, is to be present with the Lord. He writes, he says he would love to go and be with the Lord, but he, he, he might rather stay so that he can continue to do the work of ministry and paraphrasing these things in the midst of those that God has sent him to. So, Phil, so Stephen saw Jesus while they were stoning him. He saw the glory of God. Hallelujah. He saw Jesus standing. Hallelujah. At God's right hand. And he told them what he saw. The more he told them what he saw, the angrier they got. Scripture says in verse 57, verse 56, And he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 57, they, Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. They rushed at him. He kept telling them what he saw. You know, sometimes when you tell people what you see, you will get some backlashes. When you tell people what you see, especially when it comes to spiritual things, you may get some backlashes. But Stephen did one thing that was powerful, even while they were stoning him. He committed his spirit to the Lord. But the one thing he did that was powerful, he said, Father, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Lord, forgive them. Lord, forgive them. Hallelujah. He was being stoned. He was in pain. Being stoned to death. The first disciple to die for the gospel. Yet he spoke forgiveness to those who were hurting him. Are you listening to the voice? To the sound of my voice this morning? Has somebody offended you? Has somebody hurt you? Say something behind your back that really hurt you? Did something that really hurt you? Today I want to beg you and ask you. Let them go. Forgive them. There's power in forgiveness. Let them go. Forgive them. Somebody once said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that it hurts somebody else. Let them go. Let that poison be flushed out of your heart. Forgive. Jesus said, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive others. If we don't forgive others, it becomes difficult to receive God's forgiveness or for God's forgiveness to be released to us. Let them go. Let them go. And so Stephen died give up the ghost for the gospel's sake Lord I thank you for this morning help us that no matter what it costs us we will stand for you in Jesus name Amen